0: Thank you for joining us this evening on the podcast, coming to you live from the Gutterman Estates, located on the third fairway of the Louisville Country Club, with a stunning view of the lake. Today, our host, Michael Gutterman, will have a very cerebral discussion with you about photography, his philosophies on life, his thoughts on poverty poverty. And those who do not shoot Leicas and Leica Gloss. <laughs> oh, while he sips a lovely Chardonnay. Ah, I'm just goofing with you. It's Mike Gutterman. He's in the Gutter Man Cave. He's drinking cheap ass beer. He's shooting APS film. And this is the Negative Positives Podcast. Podcast. Podcast.
1: Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast episode number 228. I am your host Mike Gutterman coming to you from the Gutterman Cave in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, this is the midweek episode. Uh, Strangely, I am recording this on Sunday night after I just recorded the Sunday night episode with with Kevin Lane and Junior Wyatt. Uh, And I just got that posted and published on uh, the Anchor app or whatever and uh, so this is normally not something I would do is try to do two podcasts in one night. I would normally probably wait till Monday night to do this podcast Uh, but uh, tomorrow night, Monday night, I'm supposed to be joining uh, the uh, new podcast uh, Grainy Days with uh, uh, Dustin Cogsdale, Mac McDonald and uh, Pete Donovan. Uh, i supposed to be joining them tomorrow night for a recording, so I didn't want to like leave myself stressed out to try to record another podcast uh, after that Monday night, so I thought I'd go ahead and get, since I got the Sunday night episode done a little early, I thought I'd go ahead and, and get it done tonight, so you're going to have to bear with me, I've done a lot of podcasting, a lot of editing and stuff tonight, but uh, hopefully this will be cognitive, and... Uh, and there's also been a, a lot of beers involved, so maybe this will be like one of the old school drunken Monday podcasts I used to do a lot <laughs> back in the day. So I don't know. We'll see how this comes out. But the first thing I wanted to talk about, and strangely, I forgot to kind of talk about this on my week uh, on the uh, on, la- on the Sunday episode that you'll uh, you've probably it's already been out. I forgot to mention this uh, last Saturday on uh, April 20th. I did participate in an art show. It was an art show that I. That i'd sort of kind of half-assed prepared for and then you know uh, if, if you followed me or followed this podcast or the facebook page or whatever you know we i had a pretty rough week where we had my grandmother's funeral and then there was a hit and run with my father uh, uh leaving the funeral my father got hit in a hit and run accident and totaled his truck and so there was worries about family my father and mother and sister were in the truck and got put into a ditch on its side and it it was a scary situation everyone came out okay the only thing we lost out of the deal was a a Ford F-150 so we can count our blessings on that but so it was kind of a rough week but uh, so Saturday rode around and about Saturday afternoon I decided you know uh, everything is kind of Evened out a little bit, and I, I'm going to go ahead and try to do this art show. I kind of need it, you know. I kind of want to get a, away from a, a really bad because all this happened on Friday, Good Friday, and uh, so Saturday rode around. I was like I kind of need this, man. I started I started preparing for it, and didn't get as prepared as I wanted to because I was I was planning on really kind of uh, kind of buttoning down the hatches a little bit uh, on on Friday night, but I ended up being in the hospital all all night Friday night, so I didn't really get to get as much done as i wanted to but so i thought you know i probably shouldn't do this art show saturday uh, after good friday the day before easter because i didn't really get to kind of uh, you know get my ducks in a row but i decided you know what to hell with it i'm going to show up to this thing and this was uh, an interesting art show it's the first time i've ever participated in this it was the fifth year they've done this it was a uh, kind of a metal music heavy metal music art show was called metal up your eye and uh so basically they had metal bands playing with probably about i don't know maybe 20 artists exhibiting or all around the uh uh the main floor It It was a pretty big venue and so like you know you had the stage and where the crowd was and then all around the outside edges of the venue was uh artist booths and uh one thing i wanted to do was kind of create uh, I was going to have a table and I wanted to build like a a wall behind me to exhibit art Uh, that wall did not get built because that was my plan to build that on Friday didn't happen because I was in the hospital all night and uh, with my family but uh, so basically all I could do was like kind of put out two tables and kind of uh, kind of half-ass lay some pegboard (laughs) Uh, against the tables and, and hang some more stuff uh, on the on the sides of the table. So I didn't get to kind of like make my booth look as cool as I wanted it to as, as my plans were. Uh, but anyway, I, I just decided, you know what? I I need to uh, need a little break. I need a little mental break from all this family drama that has been happening. I need this, and I'm, I'm going to this art show. And if nothing else, I'm going to drink some beer and hang out with some cool artists and and have some fun. So uh, so. Th- Basically, the, the whole thing about the art show was it wasn't uh, for me necessarily what I, what I would call success, uh, but it's, you have to take these things uh, anytime you do an art show, uh, and I've, t- I've talked about this on previous episodes, anytime the, the first time you do any art show you've never been involved with in the past, like and this is my first time doing this show, and this is the fifth year of it doing it or whatever, you have to go in expecting not to sell anything because you don't know what the audience is. You don't know uh, exactly how to set up your booth. You, it's, it's all like everything is complete unknowns. And so you basically go in thinking, I'm not going to sell anything. I just need to be here so that when next year, when it happens, I know how to set up. And so that's kind of how I went into this. And it, of course, I was a little bit bothered that I wasn't pre- as prepared as I should have been because of uh, the family issues that I had or whatever. But uh, it turns out at, I was there, got there about 6 p.m. It started around 7, and I left around 1 a.m., something like that. And I ended up selling like three pieces the entire time, which, you know, uh, not, not, not that great. Maybe if I had known going into it I was only going to sell like three pieces, I probably wouldn't have done it. But um, I will say this. It was a light crowd. Um, there was probably maybe a maximum of 100 people there throughout the the evening uh at times it looked like there was 20 people there at times it looked like there was 50 people there Uh, it just was it was a light crowd and uh so and most of the artists didn't do very well so like this is one of those situations where i'm not trying to compare my art to other people's art but you have to look at the perspective like okay i only sold three pieces but how did everybody else do Everybody else was kind of in the same ballpark. No one really did that well. So you can't really um, uh, think, oh, well, my, my art sucks or whatever. It's, uh, it's just a nut, the, whatever, for whatever reason, this event didn't turn out as well as we had liked. Uh, I would say that I think where this particular art show went wrong was, uh, you know, typically if you're going to do a music and art show, you need to have the bands bring people. It's uh, because mostly it's going to be seen as a music show. Uh, very few people will come out for, uh, late at night for an art show. So it's really kind of up to the bands to bring a lot of people. And these bands that they had didn't bring a lot of people. And I've always maintained, and like, I don't know, uh, it, when, every time my band ever played a show, uh, I could always guarantee that I could get 30, 40 friends out or acquaintances of friends or whatever uh, we could use a guarantee at least that much and these bands just didn't bring anybody in and i don't know where that went wrong because this thing was heavily promoted uh and i don't think i don't blame the uh the the people that put this uh put this event on but it's just i feel like the bands kind of dropped the ball they didn't bring their people like and the bands were playing for 10 15 people at times the the main band at the end of the night had maybe 12 people watching them and i'm like how look you've got to bring more people in than that i don't care i mean obviously as us as the artists, we wanted to see more people there but even for the band like you know you got to bring you got to do better than that like and so i feel like it was not necessarily the artist kind of suffered by the fact that the bands didn't really uh bring much of a crowd and so that's uh, something that uh i feel like if the promoters of that show which are actually two pretty good friends of mine and uh they've been inviting me to do several shows this is my second show i've done with them i did a a show last summer uh, called the summer shindig uh that was uh, an outside show with bands and stuff did that with them last year and they've already asked me to come back again this year and uh, actually the main reason i decided to do this art show was you know i want to stay in good graces with them you know like they're kind of new at like trying these art shows out and they're trying different things they're trying to uh you know, throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And so I want to stay in their good graces and keep showing up and, you know, maybe they'll finally figure it out and these events will start going better. And I'm not saying this was a failure, but it could have been better and they're learning and I'm learning. So this is a, a, a process where uh, everyone involved can kind of learn from it and we can make it better as it goes along. And that's, that's the way I, you have to look at these things. And the fact that I sewed three pieces and uh, that that's fine, you know, like, I remember a day when uh, just the fact that anybody would want to buy a photograph of mine uh, would have been an unbelievable thing. Like, you really want to pay me for one of my photographs? And I I think I've gotten a little bit spoiled by kind of participating at some really huge art shows where we get huge crowds and you sell a lot. And I've been a little spoiled by that. And I, I have to realize that these little local art shows, kind of random art shows, uh, the, they don't, they're not always not, they're not always going to be successful and you can't get down on yourself or your, your own art or your photography or whatever for the, in those situations, you just have to realize like, Hey, uh, I, you just got to throw yourself out there. And, and if you sell just one thing, you had to be happy with it. And so I'm, I'm having to kind of, uh, adjust my, uh, my, my notions of what art shows are supposed to be. Cause I've been a little spoiled by being in some uh, being in a really huge art show every year it's been the main one I've participated in and now that I'm branching out and trying to get into some smaller art shows I have to realize that it's not going to be gangbusters <laughs> like the the uh, the one I participate in every every October the unfair that has like massive thousands and thousands of people crowd like you're not going to that's not how most art shows go so i've had to kind of temper my expectations when i when i do local art shows but uh but again 3 3 sales not not bad like and the main thing was I, I got out of the house and got out in public and and it kind of helped me through a, a kind of a rough weekend so uh and all in all it was good but i again i'll just kind of kind of uh put a exclamation point on my sentiment that when you do an art show, especially if it's your first time, don't expect to sell anything. That's the best way to go into it because you don't know the crowd. You don't know the audience. Uh, you don't know exactly how to set up. Expect to just go in there, learn from it, and, uh, and figure out if you do it the next time, especially if it's an annual sort of uh, art show or whatever. Uh, go into it next time thinking like, okay, now I know uh, what I need to do better next time to uh, sell better so that's how you always have to look at any time you do a first-time art show and one of these uh these type situations so uh let's see what else do we have here um well we had uh uh let's see well i, I will say this okay uh, i've been talking a lot i've mentioned on this sunday episode about lack of time and how i'd kind of ditched the ideal of doing darkroom printing and it's not that i've ditched it entirely i just I just know that at this at this stage in my life, I don't have time for it. There's no way. Like I'm trying to make time for music and photography, and so if I have a choice between making darkroom time or going out and shooting, I'm going to choose shooting because I need to take more photos. And so that's been a situation. But um, I mentioned going on to the uh, I'm supposed to tomorrow night uh, join the, the the grainy sorry the grainy days podcast. And one of the things that they wanted to kind of highlight in their, ep- in their episodes is personal projects. And, uh, you know, I mentioned after uh, our beloved beach town, Mexico Beach, Florida, uh, was hit by a hurricane a month or two after we left there. Uh, last summer for our vacation, a month or two later, uh, Hurricane Michael, unfortunately named Michael, which I, I hate the fact that it's named after me, came in and pretty much destroyed the town that's been a beloved beach town for my wife and my kids uh, for uh, going on a decade. We've been going there as our as our choice vacation spot. Um, so, and I, I talked about wanting to do a zine to uh, help uh, of, of the photos I took uh, of these buildings that are probably now devastated and gone and um, and, and maybe using that as a, as a way to raise money to, for the hurricane relief. Uh, I never really got around to it. And again, it comes down to time. And I feel a little guilty about it, but then again, I, I can't feel guilty about it. Time is a problem for me, man. Like I, I um, you know, my work schedule, uh, my family schedule, Uh, Trying to play music trying to do photography. I just I I really really have to ration my time so uh, Sparingly and like it's just it's you know, I have to really really uh, Ration everything out and it's just it's been difficult to like do projects Um, an interesting thing though that happened uh, this week is We didn't think we were gonna be able to go back to Mexico Beach uh, this year because uh, They're rebuilding and there's not a lot of places to stay well, my wife ended up finding a place uh one of the buildings that wasn't destroyed uh uh and at a reasonable rate because uh, a lot of the a lot of the rates so the, few, the very few places there are to stay there uh, the prices went way up because they know there's there's not very many places to stay and they're jacking the price up because well you know uh, it just there's very limited accommodations there right now because they're still rebuilding but we managed to find one that we could afford so we are uh this july going back to uh, our beloved uh, Mexico beach, um, Florida uh, for a week vacation, uh, kind of on the, it's, it's actually St. Joe beach, which is right next to Mexico beach. They're kind of really the same beach community. They're right next to each other. And we typically actually always stay in St. Joe anyway, but we'll be staying in a, a place in St. Joe. And uh, so I will be able to go back to this town again this year. And people have said online that when you drive into this town, if the last time you remember it was pre-hurricane, that to have your tissues ready, because it's going to be a sad sight to see the amount of devastation. You're not going to, this town doesn't look anything like what you remember. And so be prepared for it to be a bit of a shock. So I know that driving into this, uh, this summer for our family vacation, it's going to be a little bit of a, we're going to be happy to be there. Uh, but it's going to be a little bit of a tear jugger to kind of see uh, how little of it is there from what we remember. Uh, but I'm happy to go back there and spend my money there to help them uh, recover. I, I feel like if there was any place I wanted to go this year, it would be that, that town so that we could spend our money there because they need every tourist dollar they can get right now. And yeah, uh, Obviously another thing for me uh, photographically is I kind of want to photograph it right like the rebuilding uh, I've I've got photos before it was destroyed and now maybe I can take some photos of the rebuilding and then maybe this project isn't quite dead yet maybe I can make something out of this Mexico Beach um ideal that i had about doing a zine or uh, some sort of uh, thing for the mexico beach community that was destroyed by the hurricane maybe i can make something out of this and um uh with uh, maybe taking some photos this year of the rebuilding and, and offer a little hope um so i don't know maybe this project isn't dead yet Again, I have a hard time pursuing projects uh, just with my time and all that stuff. Uh, so it just makes it really difficult for me to accomplish anything. But uh, I am excited about going back and maybe documenting some some hope, uh, some, some rebuilding in, in that situation. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, that's pretty much uh, what I want to say on the first segment. Uh, let's see i got uh, some call-ins to get to i got some house cleaning to get through uh and all this stuff so uh let me take a break and figure out where what i want to get to on this episode and uh so we will be right back folks folks we are back from the break and uh I want to get to some call-ins we've gotten here recently and uh, uh the first one's about APS which I always like talking about APS because I mean let's face it the APS revival is the hottest, hottest hottest trend in film photography it's taken over the world by storm but uh I did mention on the Sunday podcast how I wanted to um Uh, get some Patterson uh, developing reels and cut them down to APS size to kind of uh, make my APS home developing uh, a little more foolproof. And uh, I will say this, uh, Rick Sweeney on the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group has done that with Patterson reels and he has a pretty good uh, 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 like photos of how he did it on the Facebook group. If you uh, kind of search Maybe just search uh, in the Facebook group uh, Rick Sweeney, (laughs) APS Rose or reels. You might uh, find that if you're looking to uh, uh, join with the cool kids and join the APS revival. There is a uh, uh, he has kind of shown how he uh, converted some Patterson reels to uh, accommodate APS film. Uh, I'm going to be ordering some from uh, B and H this week, I believe, uh, to uh, to convert myself because what I've been doing is. Uh, not necessarily been as foolproof as i'd like it to be so uh, that's my next step with aps home developing but speaking of aps uh mike williams uh voice of the intro of these shows has uh he just shot his first roll of aps he won a an aps camera a nikon pronia slr from sherry christensen on the 200th episode giveaway and he shot his first roll of it and he was very happy with the with the results and uh and I got to say, he uh, it was uh, very good results he got out of it. Very nice, vintage kind of look to his photos. And he, he I think he, he really enjoyed it. But uh, how about we listen to uh, Mike Williams call in about his first experience with APS. So here we go.
0: Hey, gutter man. This is Mike. Been a while since I did a call in, so I thought I would uh, drop this one on you. Uh, first of all, I know that you and your family are going through a pretty rough time right now uh, not trying to get too sappy or anything but you know just keep your chin up know that a lot of people are uh, thinking about you and uh, things will get better all right on to uh, cameras and stuff uh, some of you know that I won a uh, Nikon APS camera back on the 200 show and uh, I played with that it was actually a really really cool camera uh, as a Nikon SLR I was able to switch over and use some of my own lens and uh, took off the kit lens because everybody knows what kit lens are about. And, uh, but yeah, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from it. I was just playing around. And I got to tell you, when I saw the scans, I was like, wow, this is like some of the coolest stuff I've shot in a while. So I know we joke around and have a, some hate for APS but uh I thought I was able to get some really cool shots out of it and I uh plan on shooting some more with it. Um yeah, I think it's kind of funny some of the people who hate APS were all excited when uh FPP said they had some 110. So I was like that that makes no sense if you don't like APS because it's too small. Uh what on earth are you going to do with some 110? So it is what it is. Um uh, but if you guys get a chance to shoot some APS, I say go for it. You know, at least shoot a roll. See see what you think about it or not. You can do whatever you want to do. So, all right. Uh, oh, and I I posted some of those shots on uh, the Facebook group. Uh, they're probably buried by now. I've, I made my kids model for me. So, people may be tired of seeing my kids. I don't know. Uh, I don't really care if you are. <laughs> all right. And also, there's some on my Instagram. So, all right take care i'll talk to you guys later (laughs) uh
1: you gotta love mike williams man he tells it like it is (laughs) Uh, i love it and uh thank you mike so much for the uh the call in and the uh the well wishes and and for your experience of shooting aps film and i I kind of agree with you Why, why get excited about 110 when you can shoot something that's uh i don't know uh, three, four times larger. I don't know. <laughs> and you also have like people that like shoot half frame and, uh, cameras and talk about how much love they have for that. Uh, APS is still bigger than a half frame 35 millimeter. So yeah, but, um, uh, you guys are tired of hearing me talk about APS, but uh, I, I just, uh, I have, a, I have a good time with it and I'm glad that Mike enjoyed his first time experience of, of shooting it. And I, I'm glad I didn't steer him wrong on that, <laughs> I guess, but, uh, um, uh, obviously, thank you, Mike the, uh, Williams, the voice of the intros of this podcast. And also, you can find Mike on uh, uh, Instagram. It's Mike underscore on underscore film mike on film with the little underscores between the uh the words you can see uh what mike's doing and you can check out his APS photos and uh yeah he definitely got a really cool kind of energy look out of his uh his shots uh much like I've experienced with some of the uh really expired APS that I've shot in in recent times so uh but anyway let's uh, get on to the next uh call-in uh this one will be from Neil Piper uh I was talking uh several weeks ago about uh having some trouble with uh plastic reels i end up kind of finding a solution if you get a Uh, situation with your plastic uh, developing reels where they're getting sticky and not and the films jamming up when you're trying to ratchet the film on the plastic reels Uh, a little soak and some isopropyl alcohol rubbing alcohol will uh, usually solve that problem it certainly did for me Uh, but in that process I thought you know maybe I should look into uh, developing with stainless reels and uh, obviously the ones the stainless reels everybody recommends is Hughes stainless reels. And I'd kind of mentioned it on a podcast. And then uh, Corey Miller, uh, one of our Facebook uh, uh, group members that kind of reached out to me and said he had a, some extras. So he sent me some, uh, some Hughes stainless reels, which I still have yet to develop with it's something I definitely want to do uh, very soon, just to see if it's a, it's a process that that will work for me. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I did some kind of dry runs loading film on the stainless reels and it wasn't as bad as I remembered. So. I do think with some practice I can get that down, and and that it, it comes in real handy if you're developing a lot of rolls in one day in one session, because stainless reels you can load even while they're wet, or sometimes where uh, uh, with plastic reels you kind of need them to be pretty pretty darn dry. So sometimes if they're if they're wet from the previous uh, row you developed, it can be cause of problems unloading the next uh, row you want to develop or whatever. So stainless reels can be really uh, uh, advantageous. To uh, when you're record, uh, when you're developing multiple rows in one one session or whatever. Uh, so uh, after all this talk about this, uh, Neil Piper sent in uh, a little experience that he had with some Hughes reels. So let's listen to uh, what Neil Piper of the Soot and Whitewash podcast has to say about his uh, little kind of experience with some Hughes stainless steel developing film developing reels.
2: Hey guys, Neil Piper here. Just uh, thought I'd send you a little voice message as a follow-on to Mike's solo show this week, which I think was episode 215, in which he talked about metal reels, specifically Hughes metal uh, reels. So after the show went out, I had a little chat with Mike and I said, oh yeah, I've got several of those, I think, kicking around somewhere, but to be honest, I've never found the use for them. So I'll stick with my plastic ones, thank you very much. We had a good old laugh about that. So I thought I'd just tell you about what happened tonight. So right now, as of time of recording, it is quarter past ten on Sunday evening, which might not be that late to some of you guys, but I'm an old man apparently, and uh, I just want to go home and go to bed. Now I'm in my room, as I said, and my darkroom isn't at home, it's right away across town. It's a good old uh, ten minute drive from my house, which for an old man it's quite a long way. The same so yeah i just want to go home and i thought well just before i leave i'll stick um a film that i want to develop tomorrow onto a reel so i brought with me say, blacken out my bathroom at home i thought i'll just bring it to the studio bring it to the darkroom and i'll do it in there and then i'll take it home and i'll do it and i'll process it tomorrow in some caffeinol. so i done that and all the lights went out and i was loading up my plastic reel my faithful plastic reel got about 20 plastic rails at home and for some stupid reason tonight I only brought one of them with me and of course what happened it jammed up didn't it so I took the film off and I put it on and it jammed up again and this repeated itself several times the air went rather blue that means I swore a lot in case that doesn't translate across the pond and it went in the bin and at that point I thought what am I going to do now I don't really want to I really want to put this off, so I had a rummage around. I thought I must have another plastic spool somewhere, and no, I haven't got one not in the studio, not in the dark room. But I did have some Hughes reels a 35 millimeter one kicking around that's never been used, and a couple of tanks. So, in the dark, I blindly taught myself how to use this 35 millimeter Hughes reel, and yes, it does work. It's a bit more of a faff, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's a faff. Maybe it's just different, the way they go on. But it went on, and, well, as far as I'm aware, it went on fine. Um, You can't really tell when you look at it, can you? Here it is. So it's in there. We'll find out tomorrow whether it actually works. And that's it. That's the end of my dull story. I'm going to uh, go home now, get my old man ass to bed. Cheers, guys. Take care, and I shall talk to you again soon. Bye, bye. No, yeah. And then I opened the drawer and found another bloody plastic reel, didn't I? Typical.
1: <laughs> so, Neil Piper, obviously, he sent me that call in uh, quite a, quite a bit ago. Not long after uh, we had him on the podcast, and uh, he's uh, making references to him being an old man, which uh, <laughs> which I think we kind of joked about uh, <laughs> a little bit. And uh, Neil, you. Uh, you're a good looking dude, man. And, uh, so don't worry about it. You're not, you're not, you're not quite, you're not quite to the old gents club that I, that I'm and that I'm currently enrolled in. So, but, uh, uh, thank you for your experience with, uh, Hughes metal, uh, stainless steel reels. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I it's, it's weird that people get kind of hung up on these, uh, oh, oh, stainless, plastic, all this stuff. You know, just use what works for you. I, I kind of want to be good at both because I think there's, uh, there's good reasons to use plastic and there's good reasons to use uh, stainless steel reels. I personally, uh, you know, I, I like to be good at both of them, right? Because uh, I see good... Good reasons to use uh, uh, use both in certain situations. So, uh, but anyway, thank you, Neil, very much for the uh, the call in, and uh, uh, obviously listen to the Soot and Whitewash podcast, Neil's podcast. Okay, and then I did get another one more call in. I want to get to uh, this one <laughs> uh, comes from uh, Dave Mahali, uh, which uh, has a, uh, a YouTube uh, channel, the Old Camera Guy, and uh, so. He sent a uh, a rather interesting uh, call in and about uh, thrift store hunting, thrift store camera hunting, uh, the thrill of the chase of hunting down cameras and thrift stores. And uh, it was kind of, I think he might have even titled the email, Thrift Store Thriller. And that might give you a little hint at what you got coming up at you on this uh, particular call in. So let's listen to... Dave Mahali, the old camera guy on YouTube and <laughs> this call he, he has sent uh, hope you enjoy it, so let's, let's check us out the foulest stench is in the air with hopes of finding something rare, photographers from every room are closing in to steal your zoom with cameras filling up my shelves, I really shouldn't get more but no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thrift store.
3: <laughs> 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 what?
1: Oh, gosh, you guys never felt to amaze me by the... Uh the call-ins and the creativity that sometimes we get thank you dave Mahali, so much for uh that yeah <laughs> uh, i guess i should do the evil laugh <laughs> but uh, so uh i wish uh, that uh thrift stores in my area were uh, worth uh, uh fighting over or uh, doing uh thriller dances in the aisles about but uh, uh I haven't been to my thrift stores recently because I kind of gave up on them. But there's one that's just opened up outside my neighborhood, and I still haven't hit. So I need to start maybe hitting that up and see what uh, see what's out there. See if maybe it's gotten better in Louisville because uh, it's been kind of kind of dead for a while now. So, uh, but maybe maybe it's gotten better. But uh, it's always fun to hit. And you know me, I'm gonna buy any crappy little camera I can find and uh, and to try to save it. Uh, so that's just kind of what I do. But, uh, anyway, thanks Dave so much for that, uh, interesting call in. So, and, uh, I'm going to take a little break here and, uh, in the last segment, I will insert a call in camera view cause that's what we do on midweek episodes. This going to be a long midweek episode. It, it just is. I, I had a lot of, uh, stuff to get to and it just, it happens. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys can, uh, can, um, yeah, yeah forgive me for that. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's take a break and we will be right back folks. Folks, we're back for the final segment, and uh, I wanted to obviously put in a call-in camera view. That's what we typically do on the solo shows. Uh, this one is going to come from Ian Fleming again. He uh, on last week's midweek episode, he did the Olympus XA. He's also sent us a call-in camera view. Uh, his next one for the Olympus XA4. So let's listen to what Ian Fleming has to say about the. XA, the Olympus XA4
3: Hi Mike and Andre, it's Ian Fleming again This time as promised with a calling camera review of the Olympus XA4, officially titled the XA4 Macro So what do you get? Well, this camera's quite a bit on from the other ones I've talked about This one comes with a 28mm lens so it's wider than the 35mm of the XA2 and the XA XA this camera supports dx coding but if your film's not dx coded or you want to mask off the dx coding on your film can so you can set your own isa it goes from 25 to 1600 so that's pretty good really again this camera's got self timer for and if the camera's going to give you a long exposure because obviously it's zone focus and auto exposure this camera uh, you'll get an led warning in the viewfinder at which point i use the self timer Um, and a Gorillapod to just get rid of any camera shake. The other thing this camera's got, which it shares with the XA, is a uh, plus one and a half exposure compensation for if you um, need to do backlight adjustment. So the big thing about this camera, which Olympus made a big thing of, is... It's zone focusing so if you open up the cameras normally and you leave the uh, aperture sorry the distance switch set to three the hyperfocal it then focuses from three meters to infinity you can then set the camera to folk up to focus at infinity or you can go down to 0.7, 0.5, and 0.3 of a meter that's the macro function this camera came with a calibrated carrying strap <laughs> originally mine hasn't got it of course and that strap you could set to 0.5 and 0.3 of a meter, so you could accurately uh, measure your distance for macro work. I've not used this camera successfully for macro, I ended up with a fair few blurry shots. But in terms of other photography, it's a great little camera. Uh, great uh, camera. It takes uh, a lot of money on the internet now. It seems to have gone quite pricey, really, which I don't really understand. So that's a rattle round quick review of the Olympus XA4. This is Ian Fleming saying thanks a lot, folks. And stay positive and keep shooting. All the best. Bye.
1: Well, thank you, Ian Fleming, for the call-in camera review for the Olympus XA4. And we always appreciate getting those. If you'd like to send in a call-in camera review, it's very easy. You can do a one-minute review on the Anchor app. Uh, just by looking at the free anchor app and then looking up negative positives, you can do a one minute review, call in through that. Or if you want to do a longer one, that's fine. Uh, just, uh, use your voice recorder on your phone or whatever, talk into your phone, record however long you want to talk or whatever, and send us the file or do it on your computer, computer, your pewter. <laughs> I think I might've said pewter <laughs> and do it on your, on your computer <laughs> and and uh, email the file to positives at gmail.com and we will get it on the show. And it doesn't have to be a call and camera view. You can talk about anything, anything you want to talk about, like uh, film stock, uh, some developing uh, thing you found out, you know, or if you want to just get, if you're mad about something, you want to get it off your chest, like send it on in. We will put it on this show. Uh, we're, we're starting to run through these things a little bit, getting a little low. And, you know, we always uh, like make a call out to get more of these things and uh it's been a little quiet on getting uh, a new stuff here recently so uh feel free to if you want to be on the show it's very easy just send us some sort of audio file of you ranting raving about anything you want to rant and rave about and it's definitely gonna be on a future podcast uh i uh i have no uh no qualms about putting whatever you want to say on this show so uh uh just uh, a good way to get on the show even if you're not a guest uh uh it's a it's a it's a way it's a way to get your voice heard. So all right, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. It's been a long uh midweek episode. I'm sorry, but uh that's just what happens when uh we have kind of a lot of things to kind of a lot of uh, listener interaction we want to get to. So anyway, uh I hope you guys have a great week and uh, uh until the Sunday night episode. So and uh so there you go. Uh let's see, you can check out man, I'm I'm getting really rambly now because it's like 5 a.m. and I'm a lot of beers in. So uh, uh you're gonna have to forgive me on that. Uh you can check out my photography on Instagram at gutterman photo, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. You can join the Facebook group. It is the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group, and you can email this program at neg positives at gmail.com. And also this uh This program has an Instagram account called Negative Positives, mostly ran by Mr. Bryce Randall. And uh, if you submit photos to Instagram, think about using the hashtag Negative Positives uh, in your hashtags, and maybe Bryce will find it and highlight it on the Instagram account. Uh, I think that's it. All right. So everybody, again, have a great week. Uh, We will talk to you on the weekend episode. And I can't remember who the guest is because I've been kind of scheduling things lately, but it's going to be somebody. So... It'll be good. (laughs) And uh, so, anyway, all right, everybody take care. Everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos.